Hello, everybody. It's Katie Austin here, and welcome back to episode three of Austin AF. Today's guest is the one and only Mark Sanchez. So I like to say he's also a friend, so it does stand for and friends, but Austin and football today. Kind of, kind of cheesy, but hey, it works, and we'll figure out a different F every time a new guest comes on. So today, I'm talking to Mark all about his recruiting experience, how he went to USC, because I did too, and kind of relate to him on his college experience, fight on. And then also, I really want to talk to him about changing career paths, because I think, you know, after, after you finish something like the NFL, and you've kind of been known for something like football your entire life, you kind of have this sort of identity crisis and how he really switched career paths. So I want to talk to him a lot about that. I also want to ask him if he thinks NCAA athletes should be able to get paid and be paid for their name and likeness. So that's a huge thing that we're going to talk about as well. So stay tuned. Also, I have a little surprise things that we're going to talk to him about and also bring out some nachos. So he's going to be here in just a second. But before he gets in here, I do want to touch on Katie's Daily. So if you guys are new to the show, this is where I give you guys an update on my life and something that's going on, give you a piece of advice. And so I'm really, really freaking excited because I finally get to tell you guys I am shooting for a Sports Illustrated swimsuit. I'm so freaking excited. And even saying that right now, even two weeks after knowing, it sounds insane to say that I'm shooting for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. This has been a dream of mine ever since I was little. And I think every other woman's dream out there as well. And so I just want to tell you to follow your fucking dreams because things can really happen if you go get after it, you put in the hard work, you put in the time and you manifest it. So for me, I actually auditioned for Swim Search. So basically, if you guys are unfamiliar with Swim search. It's where Sports Illustrated Swimsuit in 2017 allowed everyone online to um, basically audition, make an audition tape and go through all these challenges and contests online. And they choose six girls to be in the magazine from online. So basically there, it's like an open casting call, which is like very unheard of for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit because usually it's like through the agencies, yada, yada, you get it. So basically in 2017, I put out my first video. I didn't get it, obviously. My video was shit. Um, this is my fourth year really auditioning and trying to get a part of Sports Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, the amazing female franchise. I think it's one of the world's leading media companies for female empowerment as well. And so the sense of community that Sports Illustrated Swimsuit has really created around their magazine is insane. So basically, in August of this year, I hired a videographer, one of my friends, Andrew, and I had this idea in my head for months and I was just so nervous to go through with it because it's really scary to put yourself out there online. It really, really is, especially if I have, what, 315,000 followers on Instagram and I put myself out there and people know that I didn't get it. That would really hurt my ego, honestly, and it, it's it's hard being so vulnerable. So I decided to get after it and part of my tape was you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And it's so freaking true. It's a cliche quote. We all know it. And I just wanted to say I'm so, so grateful to finally be a part of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit family. I shoot with them May 3rd through 8th. So stay tuned. I'm shooting with Utsai. And it's just been such an amazing experience meeting the other 14 uh, finalists as well. And so I'm really, really excited. And if you guys have been following me on Instagram, I've had 
so, so many exciting things happening to me lately in the past two weeks. And I just feel, uh, I feel very overwhelmed. So in Katie's Daily, I also wanted just to kind of talk a little bit about mental health and something that I'm going through personally as well, because obviously all these accolades and accomplishments, uh, you know, my new talk show, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, moving, all these things, amazing things are really happening to me. But of course, I want to be real with you guys. And I'm always going to be real with you guys. Of course, with all these things, I have heightened anxiety and um, I'm nervous for, for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. I mean, come on, who wouldn't be nervous to shoot with you, Ty? And on top of that, I'm dealing with something that has really gotten to me so much that I had to have therapy for it. And so I started therapy for something um, and I'm new to therapy as well. But first off, I recommend it for every single person who's uh, even not even going through something. It's just amazing to keep up with your mental health. And I was talking to one of my really good friends about this particular relationship and how I'm just really, really unhappy about it. And basically it's really taken a toll on my mental health when all these amazing things are going on in my life, but I can't stop thinking about this one thing. Um, and it's really gotten to me. And she said to me, and this kind of sounds a little bit out of context, and this is only episode three, so I'll definitely bring this up a little bit later, maybe maybe episode like 10, I'll actually tell you what's going on. Um, but she said to me, it is okay to change your mind. And I just wanted to really make that known for whatever you as a listener going through whatever the fuck we go through in life, I want to make that known to everyone. It is okay to change your mind, whether that's relationships, whether that's career, whether that's moving jobs, whether that's location, whatever that is, it's okay to change. And change is really good. Change is how we grow. And especially in your 20s, you're going to change a lot. And for me, if I had to look at my career paths and my trajectory of my life, I had a freaking clothing line. I had an app that failed, not my one now, but an old app that I did in college. And I had so many different weird jobs on the side. And I always would like get to a job and be like, I really want to do this mom and dad. And then two days later, I changed my mind. And it's always really gotten to me that I want to change my mind so fast. But at the same time, it's okay, you guys. You guys can do whatever you want in life and you can experience new things. And that's the beauty of your life is really trying everything and figuring out your passions and what you want to do. Also, knowing that it's okay to change your mind has really helped me forgive others. And so I want you guys, if you're not really thinking about yourself, about changing and changing your mind, then think about the person that you're maybe angry with right now, or think about another person that has changed their mind and you feel a little animosity towards them. Let them grow. Let them figure out what they want in life because it'll help you forgive them if you come to terms that change is good for them as well. I hope this is making sense and I really wish I could share the context with you guys, but I just think it's a little early. Um, so I will share that a little later on. I just did want to note on that, whatever you're going through right now, know that it is okay to change career paths, change your mind about whatever it is in life. Anyways. Okay. On the note of change, Mark Sanchez is about to be here. I think I heard him, um, walk in the door of our main office studio. And again, we're going to talk to him about changing career paths and changing his mind about football. So without further ado, Mark Sanchez. Oh my goodness. Hi, welcome to Austin AF. Austin. Today, it stands for Austin and football. And friends. And friends, you're my friend too. So hey, it counts. And forever. Hi, and forever for fourth and forever. That's Let's what it is, fourth girl. and forever. Yes, ma'am. Hell yeah. So we have Mark Sanchez in studio today and I'm really excited. We actually met, when was that? Uh, last year at the Super Bowl? Last or no, year, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. 
Pro Correct. Bowl. Yeah. And um, I actually remember very distinctly, we oh met right beforehand, and you're just a very chill dude. You're really like easy to talk to. I just felt like we we're friends, like the USC connection. And I was holding the mic. I have a video of it, actually. And you're supposed to be kind of proper, you know, like, everybody, this is Mark Sanchez. Woo. And I said, what's up, dude? This is Mark Sanchez, guys. <laughs> and I was like, Katie, what the hell was that? I'm really sorry about that yeah, introduction. Really yeah, yeah. Everybody was pretty upset about that. Yeah, you um, know, can't forget it. I have that part on video if you ever want to watch that. Yeah. Everybody's okay, like, cool. ooh, Katie, <laughs> yeah. Mark is a man. Like, yeah, exactly. They carried exactly. me out on their shoulders, normal stuff. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to kind of start um, a little bit in chronological order of your life um, and mm. starting from high school. Conception. <laughs> <laughs> Not starting funny. from actually when you came out of the womb. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, no, but starting from high school because you went to Mission Viejo. Correct. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I did Prep Zone for two and a half years. What? The Prep Zone show on Fox Sports West. Oh, no way. Yeah. Whoa. So, so the so orange. covering all the high school athletes, going to college, all that? Yes. Very good. And that was so... Lindsay Soto, who's now Lindsay Rhodes at the NFL Network. That wow. was her gig forever ago. And cool. I was like a little guy. Amazing. Watching, so I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Cool. Well, I did that for two and a half years, the mm -hmm. Prep Zone show, and I learned a lot about high school football, mm -hmm. especially the Orange County schools. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's crazy, because I came from Virginia where there's no football. Yeah. Okay, so it's uh, the landscape's definitely changed now, but when I was in school, a lot of kids would transfer to different, um, at the time, big public schools. So it was Los Alamitos was really good, Long Beach Poly was really good, Modern Day was really good, mm. uh, but... A lot of kids would go to bigger public schools, and we had a great coach in Bob Johnson who attracted a lot of talent. And what's unique about Mission Viejo is they have a farm program. They have Future Farmers of America program Whoa. and a working farm on campus. So that was our end because for you to transfer to another school, you needed a reason to not have to move or else you'd have to physically move houses. And that's a lot of money for these yeah. parents and their families and everything. So a lot of people couldn't do it. But if you said, hey, that school has a program that my school in my district doesn't offer, then you can go there. So we got a bunch of kids to show up and they had to go take agriculture classes. No way. <laughs> they were milking cows and then scoring touchdowns. No yeah. freaking way. That's actually great. so crazy. It was really cool. And then uh, last week, you know, they just started up this spring season that was delayed for COVID and everything down in Orange County. Uh, I got to take my son to a game last week. Oh, and good. we were behind the, the goalpost when they'd score... Touchdowns, trying to catch the extra point and everything. So he had a blast. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't finish the landscape. So nowadays, all the Catholic schools get all the good players because some of those schools, it's private. Yeah. They get really good education. And they'll essentially, you know, scholarship a kid and bus them in from wherever. And, hey, come to school for us. And they send a bus out and it shows up with 10 to 12 of the best players around. And oh, that's kind of how they... How, That's how it's crazy. all changed. Yeah, so the Trinity League now, it's Modern Day, it's Bosco, it's Orange Lutheran, San yes. Margarita. Modern Day was always good. St. John Bosco, was... or uh, J. Sarah. Yeah, J. Sarah was really so good So all too. those schools are, you know, they're top, top. For sure. And then I want to also talk about the recruiting process with that and then mm -hmm. your, your specific experience with it as well. Like, how exactly did you get to the next level in college? Because that recruiting process is crazy. I remember interviewing some of the high school students. Yeah. And... Honestly, interviewing high school students was my hardest job I've ever had. I bet. Because they'd be, I'd be like, so where are you thinking for college? And they'd be like, yeah, they don't say don't Jack. And they were <laughs> mumbling. And I'd be like, God damn it, freaking say something, anything yeah. right now. So um, how was your recruiting process? You know, it's, I was very fortunate to have, you know, my brother, both my brothers, my dad helped me out quite a bit. And then 
to have a high school coach who had all the contacts with he, he was a big time coach for a long time. Both of his kids had gone through cool. that process, played high level in college, and then in the NFL. So I was uh, very blessed to have that connection with Bob Johnson. And this was old hat for him. He'd done this a hundred times and yeah. with his own kids. So we were very comfortable with his, you know, letting him take the lead and, and explain to us what we were going to experience. Um, and he also filtered out any of the BS and, and all the nonsense that you don't need to deal with. Right. So I got a pretty, pretty great experience. Um, I remember taking my visits. I went to Ohio State. I went to Notre Dame. I went to Texas. I tripped to UCLA also. But USC had up, your heart. U USC, <laughs> they really did. It was tough to compete with. They had already put out Carson Palmer. Matt Leiner had just won the Heisman. And it was like, wow. hey, we're pumping out quarterbacks. Even our backup quarterback, Matt Castle, is going to go get drafted and play in the NFL as a quarterback. You're like, damn, where else would I go? Yeah, right? next question. Um, it, was, it was tough, though. You know, coaches like Jim Trestle at Ohio State and Mac Brown at Texas at the time are very tough to say no to. But I remember Coach Trestle, this is one of my favorite recruiting stories, but we're there in his office, and I'm all but committed. You got to understand, they like, they do everything for you. They had the band there in the stadium, just oh me, just me and my dad. The band's rocking, singing the fight song. I got Ohio State jersey on. We run out of the tunnel, and I'm in the horseshoe at Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio, thinking like, damn, I'm going to go to school here. This is awesome. They throw my highlight tape, my high school highlight tape on the big screen, on the Megatron, and they put, they audio dub Keith Jackson, who's a very famous sports announcer, he used to work for ABC. And he goes, and the young sophomore from Southern California takes the field in the Rose Bowl for the Buckeyes. And I was like, what I'm in full tears. I was like, damn, this is oh awesome. Oh my god! So I was like freaking out. So then we go to Trestle's office. And I mean, poor guy, the one thing he said that kind of freaked me out is he said, you know, it's awesome. We play our rival Michigan right around Thanksgiving every year. And get this, and he kind of like, get this. Yeah. The last 10 years straight, it snowed for the game. I mean, how awesome is that? And, and he's like, talking to like a SoCal like a, kid, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, no. I kind of looked at my dad like, uh-uh. After out. all this. <laughs> I'm like, SoCal, <laughs> no we drive two hours to the snow. We oh, don't get snowed Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So it was, uh, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Then the other one was was so fun was Texas. Mac Brown, who I still have oh, a relationship sure. with because he worked at ESPN before I got the job on the ABC Saturday college show. And so we talked to him all the time. Now he's the head coach in North Carolina. But uh, man, he was tough to say no to. Like I'm he sure. arm around you the whole Ugh. time telling you everything's going to be it's awesome. It's really heartbreaking saying no to a school. Oh, like, it's Ugh. tough. It's and tougher than you think. And then you get Coach Carroll who's like... 16-year-old kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, it's like how do you even know the rest of your life or what you're about to do? You don't. That's you why don't. so many kids transfer. Yeah, it's so true. You know, the transfer portal is big now, but... I, when you brought up a recruiting story and what they mm -hmm. did for you, you know, at Ohio State. It was um, just like that for lacrosse. Come on. Uh, it was kind of. They brought me to the Coliseum, you know, <laughs> at USC. Nothing like that. Uh, but I have this recruiting story that when you were saying it, it, it reminded me of it. And it's a little bit raunchy. Uh -oh. um, so I was friends with one of the football players at USC. He was okay. a wide receiver. And we were talking about how we got to school and, like, our recruiting stories. And he was telling me. By the way, this is totally hearsay. I don't know if this actually happened. But apparently, when this guy was coming from Florida school, he was like was like what's your dream girl and this guy who was recruiting to usc who ended up going to usc was like um brown hair foreign accent fat ass picks him up in that order from or? the airport i have no idea and a, the back seat was a girl a brazilian girl who barely spoke english wow yeah and i don't know if this is true but I, that's what i heard anyways so the football <coughs> recruiting stores can be really freaking Wait, so you're crazy telling me sometimes that, 
schools that recruit these kids may use females to attract players. Oh, oh, that's my. Nuts. Are you are you kidding me? I, I don't know how um, how like sell 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 innocent you <laughs> your mind might be because you might have had a different experience. But when <laughs> I was there, uh, there was a full on recruiting experience that used females, which I am so against that I can't I even tell you that. how against that I am. But yes. But anyways, um, <laughs> what would you tell your 18 or like even 17 year old self going back in into that kind of you know mindset Oof. when you're choosing the school? You have no idea what what's about to happen. Yeah, I think one of the most well, one I'd say great choice because I loved where I went. I love the way things turned out. Um, but a lot of it has to do with what do you want after, right? And just like anything, you got to start with the end goal in mind. So yes, I want to get a very good education. Two, where are you going to spend the rest of your life? Yeah. Like, do I plan on being in Columbus, Ohio? Maybe, maybe not. Do I want to live in Texas for the rest of my life? Maybe, maybe not. And that doesn't mean if you go to that school, you have to live there, but it helps having that degree from a local area. Well, the schools I was looking at, fortunately, their their degree and that diploma had some juice all over the country, if not around the globe. So right. that was important for me. And then, you know, being close to home. I think there's something to that. Not not to say that some kids don't need to go away that, you know, might not have the best relationship with their family or their home environment's not ideal and they need to get away from that. That's all well and good. I was fortunate. I, I could come an hour away. So nice. And if I ever got homesick, like I did my redshirt freshman year, because everything changes, you know, you're not the starter anymore. You're doing scout team work and you get a little homesick. So I could just drive home, take all my laundry, have everything yeah. washed and come back to school. Uh, that was those were important factors for me, but for everybody's sure. gotta gotta weigh those uh, for themselves. It's very subjective to to what you want. But I think the most important thing would be start with the end goal in mind. Your education, okay, does do I want to play pro football? Absolutely. Okay, does this set me up to do that? Right. And if that place checks those boxes, go for it. I think my also biggest piece of advice is never to sign with a school for the coach and the teammates because a coach Tough, yeah. can get fired no or doubt. hired somewhere else and the teammates can, you know, either transfer or leave. And I think yeah. that was my biggest thing when I was choosing a school is making sure that my major was still good. Like, I mean, is a little different because there's no pat there's no, you know, past next, you know, yeah, next level for lacrosse and football is a little different. Um, but definitely, you know, when when you're talking about, you know, that coach hugging you, like yeah. you know, you never know what could happen to that coach next thing. Absolutely. And so, you're so, you're so impressionable yes. as a young kid like that, yes, right? Like you sure. believe you're hanging on every word that yes. the coach says. So it's, it's important to have somebody like your parents or, you know, your guardian or whoever's helping you with that process. They have to be, you know, uh, emotionally detached, right? Where they can make, you know, they can sift through any of that emotional pull on a young kid that's like, oh, sure, coach, I love you. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, I'll sign right now. You're like, yes. whoa, whoa, hold on, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah, back yeah. and talk right. about this. Because right. you come down from this, like, you know, this mountaintop experience after every visit, right? Every visit you go and on, it's like, oh, ego. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I, can't, sure. I can't imagine how these coaches do it. They got to put their whole family and life and livelihood yeah. on the line every time they're talking to a 16 to 18 year old kid. I mean, come it's on, that's nuts. crazy. That's it's tough. nuts. Okay, that's so now tough. you're at USC. Just kind of as an overall experience, what mm -hmm. was your best memory? Is there one memory that sticks out to you? Playing football there, it doesn't have to be involved in yeah. anything else, but just playing football there, like any memory that sticks Oof. out to you? Graduating was huge because I promised my parents I would. I declared early. I had another oh, year whoa. to stay. So during that spring, so about now-ish, I was training for the combine, getting ready for the draft, 
and taking classes, which was wow, tough. very unheard of too. Yeah. I feel like most guys, it was hard. Just they kind say, of hey, I'll go three back. years and like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll go say, back later. But it's tough, and I couldn't, I couldn't imagine myself after signing. You know, you sign a fifty million dollar deal, you're just kind of like, why go to school? You know, why go to school? I graduate. Yeah, no but need. it was, it was something I promised my parents. My dad really pushed that hard, and he's like, listen, if you're gonna leave early, I'm not gonna stop you, but you need to, you need to graduate, and you wow. only have a couple credits left. Why don't you just knock it out? And I was like, oof. So I was doing workouts in the morning, drive up to in Orange County, drive up to school, go to a couple classes, or do stuff online. Boom, Holy. drive home, do another workout, and then do it all over again. But so it was rough. worth it. hundred percent worth it. Um, and now you can go back and say that you Arnold Schwarzenegger school. spoke at our graduation, no our commencement. Way. Yeah, that was great. And his advice, I don't remember any of his, his advice other than he said, when in doubt, marry a Kennedy. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome because oh, he gave like the work hard, do gosh. your best, you know, have a good group of friends. Was it hard to understand him when he was giving the speech? <laughs> a little bit, but it was, it was, uh, I, I just remember that line. It was so Isn't funny. that funny how you just remember certain, certain things, things and they stick with you he forever? <laughs> oh my it. gosh. I was like, so good funny. point. Your life's been pretty good since you did that. The one thing that I always thought about, um, as a football player at USC is never being able to tailgate. <laughs> I guess because I didn't USC, really think about it. Our yeah. tailgates were insane. And I'm They're sure really you've good. seen photos and maybe now like you've yeah. gone back and see, but like, oh well, my God, walk you never us through. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never gotten um, you know, I've done like the uh, athletic department tailgate since I've graduated. Yes. I've taken DJ to a game, my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, he had a blast and the food was great and people are having a blast. I don't know. You're right. I'll never know what it's like to do it as just a fan because once you've played there, like I can't go in there, right? You know, with a baseball cap. Also, like, everyone's like, Mark Sanchez, Mark yeah, Sanchez. So it's, it's really different. different. It's different, but for sure. Yeah, you're right. I guess I wouldn't. Yeah. I speaking I of, uh, a lot. Tail- yeah, just just try Damn. to rub it in. Bummer. Speaking of uh, tailgates, we have uh, my favorite tailgate food, which is Ooh. nachos. We're gonna Ooh. make. Mark, what is your favorite food, and do you cook? You know, I got a funny story about that. When I was in school, I had a job at Phil Trainees in Long Beach, which is a restaurant I love very much. And I worked in the kitchen. Did as you really? A, uh, like a sous chef. I Wait, was when? Basically in, a in prep college? Chef. Yeah, two days a week in the summer for my last two years of While school. While you're the quarterback of USC? Yeah, over the summer. That was my summer internship. I went two Holy days a week. Moly. And it was awesome. I made a great chicken marsala. Wow. I know this sounds so gross, but I made a uh, pot roast salad. I know, it sounds weird, but it is I actually don't think incredible. So. Uh, I can make the double fried deep cheese, whatever. Those were great. Um, and the guys on the team would come every once in a while and eat, and we had a blast. Wow. Okay, so speaking of you, you had a job in college, uh, probably because you had to make money, because you can't make money as a Correct. football player. What do you think about being paid at a, as a college athlete? Oh, I mean, it's coming. Being paid for college it's, likeness. It's, it's already coming down the pipe, I think. Um, sh- I think it should. So here's here's my only issue, right, is like, let's say you're a gold medal swimmer at USC, mm-hmm. Okay. And you've won an Olympic medal and you want to have a swim camp for kids, okay, over the summer. Well, you can't advertise it with any SC logos or anything because that's violating your amateurism and now makes you some sort of professional to get paid that way. I think that's a little ridiculous. Same. Right? If a football player wants to have a football camp and he just won the Heisman Trophy as a junior, he can charge kids to come to his camp and then promote it any way he'd like. Plus, I really want that video game back. Because I love that college video oh, game. Oh, wow. And all the players would get paid just like in the NFL. As they should, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just... a stipend. Here's the difference. Like, certain schools, just because... Just like everything, it, the, the rich get richer in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because the blue bloods of college football will always have big-time donors 
that yes. are going to, at some point, I would assume, guarantee, you know, hey, we can guarantee $50,000 of marketing for you in, you know, five different appearances at, you know, you name a Trojan, um, you know, a, a stronghold for USC at some golf club nearby. You don't right. think there's plenty of people at, you know, name the golf club that would love to hear the quarterback of the team go speak and then he gets paid $10,000? And why not? Because it has nothing to do with taking away from your money as well. And the one I think is why it, it not, I guess, makes me angry, but it does make me angry how right now NCAA players can't be paid for social media brand deals. Correct. And, and these guys can make a ton oh of money. Oh my gosh. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, those guys can make yeah, a like, ton of money. I mean, some of these social media, um, I mean, some of these athletes, you know, that are still in college have a million followers. Oh yeah. And with a million followers, you can make 15K a post. Which Easily. is such good money for these college players who just get a stipend. It's great money for college players. It's great money for their family. Now now you got to figure out a way to manage it, right? Because I just feel like, do you give them all the money right away? Is there some sort of like, okay, you can pick between these five things. You can get, um, you know, healthcare when you're done with school for 10 years. You can get whatever or an equivalent to what you've made, yeah. something like that. Does it go into a trust that you get when you graduate? Like there's a that lot too. of different... Yeah. A lot um, of ways to do it. There's a lot of ways to do it, a million ways to skin the cat, but um, it's a very slippery slope. And now you're going to get, you know, the local the local uh, Audi dealership, I don't know, is going to be like, yo, Justin Fields, here's a car. Thanks. You I know, come sign autographs at our place yeah. for 20 grand, for 10 grand, for five grand, like... That's awesome. In college? That's yeah. so much what? money. So much money. <laughs> so. It's just so overdue though, too. It's just Yeah, I mean, it was coming for a long how... time. What's crazy is people had thought about it before, but when I was in school, it didn't even cross my mind. Right. It, I literally didn't even, like all the jerseys, you know, the money you make for going to a big bowl game. I didn't even think, think about, about it, that. Right? Because I got like, I got cool gear for football. I got food that I needed. You're just grateful. Yeah, like grateful. I put gas in my car and I had groceries at the house. Like I was okay, right? Right. And that wasn't from home. Like my dad wasn't supplementing any money. I remember I wanted to move um, off campus, and I was like, "Hey, all these guys on the team are moving. Their parents are giving them a little money." And he goes, "Okay." And I was like, "Well, can I get a little bit of money so I can move?" He goes, "They send you a check, don't they?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's like twelve hundred bucks." He goes. Well, I'm sure you can find housing for that. No. It's just like, Not in downtown LA. So not downtown. But so I moved off campus on Ellendale. Oh, man. Um, but I loved it. I, I did love that area too. Um, does Dale, that ever. dog. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Does e it ever Dale? make you. Um, I wasn't. But did it ever make you angry that like knowing how much money USC or like any. As a football player, how much money they made was off left you on the table. And it was like, yeah. Shit, how much money I could have um, made. I don't know. I just feel like it was a different time, right? I just yeah. didn't. I didn't think about it. You know, a lot of people didn't really think about it. Now the cat's out of the bag and you're, you know, yeah. you just, well, you know about it. It's a thing. Yeah. You know, and kids are so hip to that and wise to that. And they understand their influence with social media. And it's a trickle down effect. Like they see all these NFL, NBA, MLB stars, and basically they use their voice and their platform to get things done, to affect change. And now these players realize, damn, I got a million followers too. Why can't I do that? And there's no reason they can't. Especially those Sierra Canyon guys, the the high school oh, yeah. basketball players have even a million followers. And I think, you know, a lot of even the high school and the college football players, they look up to people like Juju Smith-Schuster mm -hmm. and Chase Claypool, and they are killing it on TikTok right now oh, yeah. and growing a massive social media following oh, yeah. because of how active they are on social media, no which is like, of course, athletes should be paid for that in college, in my opinion. And it's crazy because all of these companies are 
are finally arising oh, yeah. um, because they're banking on the fact that college players can be once paid. 100%. And the tough part, I guess, the only like underbelly, excuse me, the only underbelly of that whole thing is high school is going to get a little shadier, right? Mm. Like you're going to get like these marketing agents, oh, right? Think so about right. it. You're not going to, I'm no, 18, yeah. 19 years old. I'm barely figuring out how to decide on a school. I'm picking classes. I got to find a place. Oh yeah. And I got to negotiate a deal with siete uh, chips. Like what? Totally. Uh, sure. I'll take five grand when somebody who knows what they're talking about, understands the landscape, understands the marketplace. Yo, you should be getting 10 grand, not right. five grand. You right. know what I'm saying? So now you got to pay somebody to represent you. So does somebody represent you as a whole? Is it like a new, like the players association? There's a lot of things that need to get worked out. It's not going to totally. be a seamless transition. And, and as my dad being an agent, he just never wants to deal with anyone below the age of like 19. Yeah, it's it hard. It is so hard to deal with those They're kinds so of... They're so emotional. They parents. change their mind all the time. And the oh parents are gosh. tough. The yeah. parents are really, really 100%. tough. All right. So these are some healthy salt bay, <laughs> healthy tortilla chips. We got cheese, beans, and roasted corn on here. We're going to throw them in the oven mm. for just like three, four minutes. That's crazy. You got an oven on set. I Unbelievable. Know. Is that an easy bake? Uh, you know it. Toasted. So the nachos are ready and they smell so good. Let me just take them out of my little toaster Ooh, oven right nice. here. Wow. Look smell at them? you. It smells delicious, right? I All can't right. smell or taste anything, but. Wait, really? Oh, I was like, oh gosh, is this the case of the pandemic we won't talk about. Just kidding. Okay, so I love green onions. Green onions are probably my favorite topping of life. Oh, wow. So do you like green onions? Yeah, go ahead. I'm allergic. <laughs> I was like, well, Another too late. Um, and then avocado, a great there. healthy fat. Are they? Are they? Ooh. They're perfect. They're like great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So while we're making this, I wanted to ask you what your workout routine is like these days Ooh. after, you know, an ex-NFL player. What do you do? Because you're used to so much hard training. No doubt. Uh, I definitely changed up that regimen because I'm not training for anything really other than I got a four-year-old son who runs around like a, uh, <laughs> you know, little monster. So I got to be able to keep up with him. I try and, you know, eat as healthy as I can. I'd call that 75% healthy, 25% happy. Love that. Um, and then to work out, it's two to three times a week. Uh, a very watered down version of what I used to do. So, you know, some sort of agility, some sort of core strength and cardio and then some lifting. But it's, I mean. Only two to three talking? times a week? Two to three times a week. Really? You look so fit and strong. Thanks. That's all you need? Do you Can eat? I eat these? <laughs> Ever better bites. These? Have you tried these? By Denise and Katie Austin. Mm. Look at me, I'm on the back there. Oh, yeah. Dear. You have tried these. Yeah. So speaking actually of companies. You like that product placement? Oh, love it. You're so welcome. speaking of companies, it's actually like my company right there. So I didn't invest in it technically because uh, we own it. But at the same time, are you? Oh, I know, so freaking cool. Um, are you investing in any companies lately? And if you are, what are your best tips for investing? Yeah, so I think one of the most important things before you invest in anything is getting a good understanding of what the product is, what their goal is, and the landscape, the marketplace. And then also who you're talking to through the brand, right? Like it's got to make sense. The vision that they're talking about, you got to align with it. And then you invest in people, right? You invest in yes. people that, that you think will carry out what they're telling you. And it's hard to figure that out sometimes. Sometimes only time will tell. Obviously don't invest in anything like that you don't, any of these um, private company or private equity investments, you can't put money in that you're not willing to walk away from. 
right? So wow. if somebody's yes. saying, hey, put in $100,000 and you're like, ooh. You'd be willing to lose it. Yeah, just basically straight up throw it in the fire. Yeah. Like, can I light $100,000 on fire? And that's hard. That's hard for anybody to say. I don't care how much money you have. That's a lot of money. So when I look at these opportunities, um, whether it's hyper ice, the compression ice technology, or that vibrating roller, those kind of people, I invested in that because of Anthony, because of the guy who was running it. I thought he, not only did he sell the product well, but he believed in the product and I actually used it, right? Yes. So it's, that's the other thing too. If you align with the product's ideas and their you know, mission statement and you use it, like it's hard for me to be like, yeah, go drink this drink, but it really sucks. That's hard. You That's can't really do that. hard for me to you do that, can't. right? Even if I think it's going to make a million dollars, it's just like, God, yeah. I feel like such a cheese ball. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a total phony if I say I like this and I don't. You're so, also a personality, so it's you have influence on other people no doubt. too. So if you say drink a product, people are going to be like, Oh my gosh, Mark Sanchez is in this company. I have to buy it. So you're not just an investor. Hundred percent. And that brings up a really good point, right? Being able to differentiate the two as because there's some sort of influence there, understanding that maybe you don't put in $100,000, but your influence on social media, whether it's posts or reposts or anything like that, content you create for a brand, that is equivalent to money to them yes. in some ways, right? Because that takes away from their marketing stuff that they need to spend on. And instead of you having to go, hey, here, give us $50,000, well, maybe you give us $25,000 and you give us $25,000 worth of content posts. that we can use, posts, whatever. Exactly. Right? So that's that's an important, you know, uh, aspect of it. And if you can do that, go exploit it. Use it. Use yourself. Use your brand. Use your platform. Because that's really what today is. I agree. Something to note about that, though, is I've known a lot of companies that have massive names behind them, but yeah. still fail because sure. they don't have good marketing, good branding, and they could have the biggest star in the world. But just because they have the biggest star doesn't mean that they're going to sell product. A company that's actually doing really well at that is Super Coffee. And basically, mm -hmm. they have massive names behind them, but they're doing so, so well also with marketing, branding, yeah. everything else. And they're getting into so many stores. So like, you still do have to be careful sometimes yeah. about like having those big names because it can't, it doesn't all always work just because you have the influence. 100%. And the two guys running Super Coffee have done a great job, I think, marketing and strategically yes. identifying people that align with their brand, right? So Very important. They're not out there just, you know, throwing darts at a board like, oh, yeah, that guy could be great. Well, yeah. we don't know if he even likes coffee. We don't know if he likes our coffee. Is he down with us? Is he one of our kind of guys? Are these people I can go kind of like hang out with? Do we agree on some stuff? Exactly. Um, I thought they've done a great job. I thought Tosi did a pretty good job. I thought, gosh, what else? Just, There's a Mezcal company just, that just I was... name drop every company yeah, right? you're investing um, right now. <laughs> uh, Campante Mezcal is, uh, is a pretty new one that I just jumped in. Why don't you bring um, it? We should have been drinking that. I know. I, I should have. Mezcal. I got to get a bottle. They're, At 10 a.m. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a hell of a show. Um, we're, uh, they're, they're shipping all the bottles in right now. They just signed a distribution deal here in the U.S., but it's a Amazing. product made in Mexico, obviously. So we should get that going soon. But uh, they're fun. And, and a lot of times, so here's the other thing. A couple of things I've invested with friends, and that's really fun or it could be really dangerous and toxic, right? Like if something goes wrong and it's oh, like, yeah. dude, you totally screwed me. So you got to understand who you're investing in and what, what the product is and um, you know, yeah. why, why you're doing it. You got to ask the question why. Uh, and you got to feel comfortable, like I said, either throwing that money away or, you know, not dissolving that relationship, hopefully, understanding that you can separate those two. I think working with friends is very hard it's to hard. do and very tricky and very dangerous. No I'll, I'll just say that. Um, so let's eat those nachos I'm because in. they smell absolutely delicious. I'm Speaking of toxic friends, let's eat some nachos. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, nice. I shouldn't get into that. Yes, salsa. The Sanchez oh salsa. Oh Heck yeah. All right, let's try oh this. A little fuel before I ask you um, a more, a, oh no. a deeper question. I don't Ooh. know if it's a deeper question. It doesn't have to be too deep. You can go as deep as you can go. As I'm about, you want. I'm about <laughs> as shallow as they come, so. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Go ahead. Mm. It was great. I like the chips. Mm-hmm. I want to eat all those right now. Plug, plug, plug. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Let me finish doing Ew. Sick. It's so much easier to sip a drink when you're doing this. Like, okay. So, now, kind of a deeper question, and feel free to go as deep as you want, but after you finish playing football, it is a really hard transition mm -hmm. because you are known for something mm -hmm. your entire life. And on my personal level, it's not even close to your level of being so much as an identity, but after I stopped playing lacrosse, my entire life was lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse. When I stopped playing, I was like, who am I? What am I doing now? Yeah. And I felt very, very lost. Yep. And I'm sure not... Not everyone can kind of, you know, be in that moment of what's next. And a lot of people can even uh, relate to quitting a sport and not having that coach, that camaraderie, the team anymore. And so I want to know how you really dealt with not playing football anymore. You know, listen, I was very, very fortunate to have the support system I have to have a son that was just born right when I was finishing. You, As much as it hurts to say goodbye to something you love so much that you pour your entire life into and is really your identity for a long time, right, wrong, or indifferent, that is who you are. You have to make the transition and remind yourself that is what I do or what I did. It will still be a part of my identity, but it's not everything. And that is a very tough thing to do. So I had a couple factors working for me, and I took advantage of some resources that were readily available. So the NFL does a couple different camps every offseason, there's a public speaking camp. There's a business school camp. There's like a Hollywood business and filming camp. And there's a, a broadcasting camp, a broadcasting boot camp. And they're usually about a week, wow. five days long. They're free. They'll pay for your airfare, hotel, and everything. You just got to get there and sign up. Super easy. Wow. I wish I would have done it every year, every off season, yeah. because it reminded me so much. Um, you know, I was a little jaded after playing in New York. Uh, the first couple of years are great. The next couple of years are tough. And in that town, you just develop like this calloused kind of feeling around you and you don't want to talk to reporters and you're like, oh, yeah. these guys are a bunch of jerks and da, da, da. It's not really like that. Like they got a job to do, right? right? And so I learned that at that broadcasting boot camp. Plus they have you run a mock podcast. They have you call a game basically in the in the booth and they'll run an old game and you they give you stuff to study. Like and an audition? Exactly. Oh. You learn about the business of radio, podcasts, TV, what different shows want. You, you're on um, a panel with five guests, four guests, three guests, you and one other guest to teach you, okay, you have 30 seconds to answer this question. Well, it sounds simple. I know how long 30 seconds is, but to talk for 30 seconds and to use, to lead with your best stuff in 30 seconds and then support it is different as opposed to 45 seconds or a minute. So you just learn all these tools. They give you a bunch of tools and, and they help you. Then they send all those tapes out to all the networks, CBS, NBC, you name it. They send it to everybody. And wow. that's essentially your audition tape. So after that happened, I was still kind of thinking like, man, what am I going to do? And it was, I was going to call some games for USC radio. I was going to... Um, what else? Do a couple things with NFL Network and then call 
a couple late games in the year for Fox. Well, boom, I get a call from ESPN and ABC. Let's go. They said, hey, we have an audition. We're auditioning like 25 people, just so you know. Uh, but it's for the Saturday gig because Mac Brown left. So it's Kevin Nagandi, Jonathan Vilma, and an open seat on this ABC Saturday show. And so my agent, Dave Dunn at the time, is like, you should go to the audition. You're not going to get it. So we'll have all these other things lined up, USC Radio, NFL Network, Fox. But just in case, we'll see what happens. You should go for the experience. So I interview with Matt Berry. We talk some highlights. I mean, it lasts 15, 15 minutes, not even. Wow. Um, I think it's like maybe sold. Like a seven-minute segment. Well, I didn't know that. Two weeks later, they called and said, hey, you're our guy. So I was like, whoa, what do fast. I do about all this other stuff? <laughs> My agent's like, no, 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 this is like, this is, it. this is a big, this is a big gig. And so then I got like really nervous and he's like, you know, it's for college though. And I'm like, damn, I don't know a lot about college anymore. I haven't been in college in 10 years. There's no more like big East in college anymore, right? Like the conferences have changed. It's not the Pac-10, it's the Pac-12. Like it's very, very different right. landscape. Guys are transferring in this portal, like it's a whole new totally. world. So for the two months leading up to this gig, I'm drinking college football knowledge through a fire hose, just like, oh dear. But I was so fortunate and so lucky to have Jonathan Vilma and Kevin Nagani my first year. Now we're with Booger McFarlane. Uh, I've just did it for two years now and potentially re-upping in my next deal. So we'll find out here in a couple of weeks. But it was, um, it was such a joy to work with Kevin. Kevin's like... Um, to, to use a basketball analogy, he's like an amazing point guard who sets you up with like wow. perfect passes, right? Because he studies, yes. he knows what we're doing, and he knows how nervous I am, but he knows I have the information, and he knows I have a unique lens to watch these plays as a quarterback and give my commentary. Right. So that's what he pulled out of me. Team player. Yes. yes. And so, you know, he would make sure that I was ready. And like he knew that I was going to study. I would know the material. And then he would ask it in a way that just elicited these great answers because I'm, I'm just talking. Right. He's asking me a football question. I give him a football answer. That's it. Like he, he reminded me of that. It doesn't have to be any harder than that. He, he goes, because you can pull people behind the curtain, show them what it's like in the locker room, in the huddle, on the field that nobody else has. He's like, so you just articulate that the best way you can. And that's it. And get right back out. I'll take the rest. And I was just like, damn, dude, you're the man. Making it so easy. Yeah. He made it so easy. And then you get comfortable enough to kind of right do the back and forth dance with them. And, you know, we talk highlights, we talk whatever. And if I can fit in what I'm thinking, now I know 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Right. I got these down. Like, I know how much stuff I can say. If I have a whole minute, I got three points and I'm supporting all of them. I feel like if you have less, to have a mentor like that. Oh, yeah. That was that was huge for me. Another guy, Jerry Madelon, helped a lot. But I, like I said, I was very fortunate to get the opportunity. I'm glad I... Did it. I'm glad I used the resources that were available. It takes a little initiative on on your own part to, to make that pivot, right? And then I tried to capitalize on it as best I could, and I think I did. Yeah, amazing. Um, going back to, you know, that pivot of the career path, I think athletes have this very unique transition in life that most athletes actually, you know, end their careers around 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really hard and very unique to the rest of the world, a regular job, right. because that's right. usually, you know, you start your regular job right out of college and you yeah. kind of go along this path. And it's, it's not only figuring out a new career, 
but it's that mental health aspect. No doubt. What advice would you give to anyone, not even an athlete, maybe mm-hmm. in their mid-20s or their mid-30s, even like someone like my dad figured out his new his job at 35 years old. What would you give to that person who feels mm. so lost right now in their career and, and don't know what to do? You know, it's hard because I have a unique experience because everything's kind of backwards, right? You get all this money, you're doing all this stuff, and then yes. you get thrown out into the world yeah. with a bunch of money, but you don't know oh, a lot. what to do. Right? Like you don't know a ton about investing, about buying a house, about no. fixing a water heater. Most I don't people know, just blow their money I just too. think about stuff that I've done recently and I'm just like, oh yeah, how did, when do you even learn that? You know, like I've been busy for 10 years playing ball. Crazy. So it's weird, but I think one of the most important things is, you know, obviously you go to college, you try and find a major that will fit, you know, what you want to do. But you see so many people working in fields that they never even imagined. So it's not the end of the world if you studied history and you want to go, you know, work in radio. Probably not the best path, but it can work. So for me, something like communication was a great degree to fall back on. I think that's important. Then the other thing is, and I've heard this since I was really young, you know, find something you're really good at, find something you're really passionate about, go do it, try and do it better than anybody else and go get paid for it. I mean, that's, and that's hard. That's hard for people to do. But um, the other thing too is, I mean, you see a lot of people bouncing around from gig to gig. Well, I didn't get the promotion in two months that I wanted, blah, blah, blah. Some of the stuff, you got to stick it out. Some of the stuff, you got to fight through it, um, deal with the adversity, yep. work your way up through a company. I know that sounds weird nowadays, but you got you to fight through some stuff. And so you're not always going to get... I, I was prepared if I didn't get the ABC gig, right? right. I guess that's the best example. You always have a I had like plan. three other things ready exactly. to roll that were going to occupy my time, get me... Uh, involved in media and sports, specifically football, college, and NFL, because that's what I know. So I was like, okay, I'm ready with this. If ABC happens, let's roll. That's kind of my plan, and that would be my advice to somebody. Have something you really, really want, but also have a backup plan. Love that. Speaking of media, um, the media has changed vastly in the last uh, two years, and it's now very social media based. And we see, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of athletes on TikTok, and you know, you see Juju Smith Schuster using um, Instagram and TikTok very well. Are you on TikTok? I'm not, I don't think so. You, you're on. not on TikTok? Have you ever made a TikTok? Am I going to be the one who has Mark Sanchez's first TikTok? You might be the first one. <laughs> yes, let's go. That's kind of how you burst on the scene, I feel like. Is somebody like... <clears throat> you got to get onto it. You're okay, only a year it. and a half late, but it's not too <laughs> late. It's fine. Um, okay. All the dances on there are hilarious, and I feel like a lot of college oh, players are on, on TikTok now. I saw now. one the other day. Somebody, so people send me like the, the links to them. Yeah. Because I can't just go on. They can't send them. Can right. you send them like a DM on Instagram to other people? No one really DMs on TikTok. No, did Yeah. Thanks. It's weird. Don't do it. Don't embarrass me in front of my <laughs> friends ever again. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Huh, it's the first one that comes up. TikTok. Oh, he doesn't even have the app. He's he's downloading it right I now. Wow. App. Do you want to make a TikTok? Sure. If you had to live by one quote, one mantra, one saying, what would it be? I know a big question there. It could be two. Why didn't you hit me up last night with one of these? I could have thought about it. Well, this is why we ask it because it wants to be very, boom, authentic. Don't think about it. First thing that comes to your mind. I mean, my yearbook quote was such a cheese ball, but uh, what what did I say? Success before work is only found in the dictionary. I don't know. That's like such a... 
Wow. Silly one, but it's so true. I had I to mean, think about that. I'm not going to lie. Well, I could show you a dictionary. Have you ever felt? <laughs> I was like, six oh, you young kids. Work. <laughs> S, W, it's, all right. It's just the alphabet, but TikTok's good. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, I mean, success before work is only found in the dictionary. So essentially, you got to grind at stuff, right? You got to, you got to research, you got to do the research, you got to study you got to get yourself in a position to be successful and that doesn't guarantee success, right? There, it doesn't say anything in there about just cause you're prepared doesn't mean you have success, but your chances are going to be obviously much higher. Maybe it's not the right path. Maybe the door gets shut right in your face. That's fine. But at least you were prepared and you use that same, it, it ends up being the process over the result, right? It's got to be like a process oriented focus, I think. And that's, you know, just cause you study really well and, um, you know, you're prepared for a football game, it doesn't guarantee that the other team isn't just better, right? right? Sometimes you just get your ass kicked and that's the way it goes. So um, I, I think that that quote's lived with me for a long time. And um, that's some, the, the other thing too, is I remember this from Coach Carroll, treat everybody well, everybody with respect, right? Cause Love you that. never know, right? You it could be know. the janitor, he might be the CEO, she might be the CEO, whatever. It doesn't even matter who they are. Exactly. It's just, it's just treat everyone everybody with kindness. Everybody should be, should be treated equally. Um, you know, another big thing is thank you notes. Handwritten thank you notes go so far. Oh, I can't, I can't, they're, I mean, a underrated. complete relic right now and an absolute like artifact. When you find one, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you're like, thank you so much. You know, so like, much. I don't even want, I'd rather not even get a bottle of wine or something, like somebody send you a right. gift basket or something. But when somebody, because you know, if you've written one, it's like, oh, I got to write this thank you note, but it's important. Right. And so when you get a handwritten one, it's like, damn, this person sat down, took 10 minutes thought about me, explained why they wanted to thank me for something I did for them. That was awesome. So Gen Z um, doesn't even know what a thank you card those is. Those <laughs> are, uh, if you can get on thank you notes, I'm telling you, it'll yes, go a long way. I actually agree with that. And so would my mom. Okay. So now we have come to our absolute last segment. <laughs> I don't know if I should even ask you these, but oh dear. so basically they're like hot seat questions it's called no filter. It's where you get real and it's a hot seat question, but I'm going to give you two to choose from okay. because I feel like it's a lot. Um, okay. Dare. <laughs> Truth. Hello. And by the way, I ask everyone a, a very hot seat question. So um, who is your least favorite teammate or who is your least favorite person you've had on your fourth and forever podcast? Dude, I can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> So you're saying you have a least favorite person. You want to come on the show? I'll give you I'll give you my worst guess. You can make it a joke. Let's see. Uh, the only person who will take this well is Scotty McKnight, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been on the show. Cop out. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, fine. All right. Well, Mark Sanchez, thank oh, you God, so much I got out. for coming okay, on Austin AF. I mean, you gave an answer, so yeah, I, I guess that I guess that counts. But thank you so much. You're an absolute legend, and I'll be sending you a thank you card. Oh! <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.